Hey, Purpose Peeps, welcome back to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, where we talk about faith, friendships, and future boss women from the Black Girls of Purpose community. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, and I am super pumped about our topic for today. So I told y'all I'd be popping in periodically that I wouldn't be giving episodes every single week. And I actually have run into a few people here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area who are like, I saw the podcast is back. And so that's been very, very exciting. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking about the devil. (laughs) I was thinking about different ways I would put it like, oh, I'm going to talk about fear. I'm going to talk about passion and purpose and All those things like passion and purpose will be talked about, but I'm really going to talk about the devil today, y'all, because I have just seen over the course of the past few years, even the last two years, how powerful he is, because I think that we don't give him a lot of credit, y'all. I just really don't think that we give the devil a lot of credit. And of course, I understand that as children of God, that we have victory over the enemy, that we have victory over anything the devil will try and attempt to do to us physically, spiritually, or emotionally. But I have come to understand that this man really is crafty. Like scripture talks about how he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And it is absolutely true. And so in this episode, I'm going to give some kind of behind the scenes tactics on how the enemy has attacked me in the past and how he may be attacking you right now or how he ha- hey, how he may be planning to attack you. And I want to share this because as I went through my notes, and this is actually a lesson that I taught at a live event in 2019, but as I went back and was just looking at my notes for this, I realized how ironic it was because some of the things that I'm going to talk about are the ways that the enemy attacked me. And it's like, God gave me this lesson before I even needed it. And then it's like, I completely forgot what I talked about. And so now to see how I was attacked in those specific areas and then how God is giving present tense me my fight back, it's really been inspiring and understand. It's helped me to understand that when God has put a calling on your life, it does not expire, even if you feel like you have stepped away from it, stepped down for, from it. If you feel like you were exhausted or are exhausted, like the vision is for the appointed time and he understands the intricacies of our lives and the ebbs and flows. And uh, I heard someone talking about the apostle or I heard someone talking about Peter, just the disciple Peter and how God called him, even knowing that at some point Peter was going to deny him. Like Jesus said, hey, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And Peter was like, I would never do that. You crazy. And then it happened. And even in knowing that there would come a season where Peter was going to deny Jesus, Jesus still called him to be one of his disciples. And what I think is so interesting is that Jesus called Peter because he had a purpose and an assignment in the same way that he called Judas, even though Judas betrayed him, his assignment was to betray Jesus. Because if he didn't betray Jesus, then Jesus doesn't die on the cross for our sins. And then we don't get to have a relationship with him. And so I'm going to be sharing the three specific uh, tactics that the enemy uses if he's trying to get us off our game, or if we're already off our game, he wants to keep us off our game, those three things that he will use. And I hope that something that I shared today will be extremely helpful for you. 
So let's jump in. I titled this back when I did in 2000 or shared this message in 2019. I shot, I titled it, If I Were Your Enemy. And so I said, if I were your enemy, there are three specific schemes that I would use to keep you from fulfilling the work that God has predestined for you to fulfill even before your life's beginning. The first thing that I would do is I would attack your passion. The second thing I would do is that I would attack your fears And the third thing I would do is attack your friendships. Now, first thing is attacking your passion. So I know that many of us, if not all of us, have been through this, where there are seasons where we're so on fire for a particular thing. And then because of disappointment or because of grief or because of lack of motivation, like we talked about last week, you know, being burned out, we just lose our passion for it, where we say, you know what? I've been doing this for a really long time and I feel like somebody else can handle it. And a lot of times when that happens, it's really e- it's really easy to completely let go of your expectations. And I know in my own life, one of the ways that that showed up, uh, honestly, was through this podcast where I felt like, OK, like this is amazing. It's going to be so awesome. And it was so ironic to me because we had the most listens ever after I closed down the podcast. And I was like, where were y'all when your girl was recording at five in the morning? Like, where where were you when I'm telling y'all, okay, and check out my book at blackgirlsofpurpose.org? Like, I was like, where were all of these people? I had lost my passion because of disappointment. I'm feeling like, man, this is such a powerful word that God has given me, or this is going to help so many people. And then I'd see, you know, only a few listeners, or there'll be a call to action at the end of the episode, and nobody would take that next step to go to the website or download the freebie or whatever the case may be. And so the passion started waning eventually because it was just like, you know what? I feel like I'm out here by myself. I feel like I am creating this thing and and someone kind of uh, put it this way. You know, when you create a podcast, you're not talking to anyone directly. Even with a YouTube video, you can at least look at yourself while you're recording. But with a podcast, you're just kind of throwing this thing out into the world, into like a vacuum and hoping that someone will receive it well and that they'll apply it and but you don't know if you'll ever meet them you don't know if you'll ever see them and that's what's been so interesting about running into people out here in the Dallas Fort Worth area who are like oh the podcast is back and I'm like huh I didn't even know that who are you what number one and number two I didn't even know that you listened to the podcast and so it's very easy to get discouraged when we don't have the specific outcome that we thought we were going to get and that almost always affects our passion. And so the enemy will use that to say, you don't need to keep doing that. You don't need to keep treating your children well. Like you don't have to keep uh, stewarding over their gifts because they're just so ungrateful. They don't even appreciate it. Like just give them a tablet. You get on your computer or you watch your TV show and y'all just, everybody just hang out. You don't need to talk to each other. You don't need to actually instill anything into them. Just hang out and you know before you know it 18 years will have passed and you'll be able to get back to your life again like those are the kinds of things that the enemy will have you thinking when it comes to your passion 
So the next thing I said is that he will attack your fears. And that's, I know it's kind of weird to say attack your fears and probably amplify your fears would be a better word right there. That he will take the things that you're afraid of and he will amplify them and make it feel like there's just no way that I can overcome this. And fear is something that many of us battle with daily, right? Especially post COVID, post this first round of of COVID, um, because looks like it's coming back again. But I don't even receive that. I, someone said that. I was like, nope, I don't receive that. I I just I'm not receiving it. But in this post COVID world that we're living in, our fears have been amplified to the tenth if not the hundredth degree, where many of us came out of this pandemic with social anxiety. You know, I'm someone who considered myself extremely sociable and extroverted before the pandemic. And now I find myself having to force myself almost to go and talk to people and say, hey, you know, we had a great conversation. Can I get your number? I would love to talk again. Uh, going and checking on my neighbors and seeing how they're doing in person, not just shooting them a text message. I find myself having that struggle. And I know that some of that is just the enemy. Like, it's just like, oh, well, no, you don't need to talk to anybody. You just need to stay in your bubble. Because if I'm only talking to myself or my kids every single day and I'm isolating myself, then I'm not able to share the gospel message. And not only that, even for people who have the gospel message in their heart, I'm not able to go come alongside them and encourage them if I'm just focused on like, well, what if I go over there and I get, you know, I get sick or what if I get them sick or what if I say something weird because those are the thoughts that literally come to my head in this season. I'm like, oh, I just don't want to say the wrong thing. And I have just been having to pray through those anxieties. I've been having to say, you know what, God, this is not about me having the perfect script as, as far as speaking to strangers. I'm just having to hope and trust and believe that something that I say, if I'm partnering alongside you and I'm coming to you in prayer first, is going to be impactful to this person. And I'm just going to have to let you handle it. And I've also realized that I need to, in the same way that I have the fear of like, what if this goes wrong? Sometimes I have a fear of like, well, what if this goes excellent? You know, and that seems so ridiculous. But with the podcast coming back, I told y'all in the first episode, I felt the call to bring it back way before I actually ever got back on here. And I realized in listening to the sermon over this weekend that I that in my mind, the podcast had gone as far as it could go, especially because I saw the numbers that we reached while I was away. And so there was just this fear of like, well, there's just no way we could surpass that. And then what if we do? How am I going to sustain that? I don't want to burn out again. All these different scenarios that were just leading to continued anxiousness. And I'm sure so many of y'all have felt that same thing of what if I go out for the job and then I get it? Like, am I going to be the best steward of my money? Or what if we are able to actually start taking family vacations? Like, am I going to be able to plan other things properly so that I can actually relax during those moments? Like all these scenarios that we just put in our head is really the enemy amplifying our fears so that we do not take action. We always talk about 
in society analysis paralysis and we just kind of make light of it sometimes, I think, where we just say, you know what, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just not going to do anything. But I have come to this deep conviction that us not doing anything, the enemy loves that. Like, it's 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 almost better. He would rather us do nothing than do it and fail. Because with us, we don't even want to try something and fail at it. We just are like, oh, I'm not even going to try. But if we try, we don't know the people that we're going to impact. And I used to say this all the time here on the podcast and in person, like you never know who's on the other side of your obedience. And so it's one of the ways that the enemy will attack us is he will amplify our fears so that we will lose our focus and we won't push forward into the thing that we're, we know we're supposed to do. And then the last thing I said is that he will attack your friendships. Now, I experienced this, uh, me and my co-founder from my nonprofit, we were kind of in a season where both of our schedules were super busy and we were getting frustrated. I know I was personally getting frustrated because I was like, bro, we have all this stuff we need to do and you know, it doesn't seem like it's a priority and like we got to get this done. And I remember just being ready mentally to just be done with the whole thing. And then I had the revelation. I said, girl, you're, the name of your nonprofit is Unity Queens. Your whole thing is 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 helping girls build confidence and and build sustainable relationships, but then you guys have a, a falling out and completely dismantle the organization. And I just remember when I had that thought, it made me more prayerful over our friendship because. I understand like that may be a lifelong thing where the enemy keeps coming back in. Me and me and my co-founder will do, be doing great and then something else will happen with scheduling or just whatever. He can use so many different things. And so it's made me want to cover our relationship in prayer because I'm like, God, I know the assignment that you have placed on this organization. And I know that you were intentional in putting the two of us in charge of it. And I know that you have a reason for doing that. And so I need us to keep a solid relationship so that it can filter down. Because you know, when you have bad leadership, you know, when things are not organized, like on a high end, and then people try and come behind you and tell you to do stuff that they're not even doing. And so I want to make sure that we have a awesome legacy that we're leaving to our girls who are in our programming. And I have to be aware, like scripture says, like be sober-minded, to be vigilant, to keep our eyes open and look out for the enemy who is literally roaming the earth looking who he's who he can devour. We don't I don't want to be eaten up. Like that's not me. Even though I always tell my mentees, the devil is really align with no teeth like don't get me wrong he is very powerful but he his power is limited and so those are the three ways that the enemy will attack you he will attack your passions he will amplify your fears and he will attack your friendships and so you might be like well dang Bree, if i'm getting attacked in all these areas then is there any hope for me and of course y'all know our hope is in the word of God because scripture says the, the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. There is a reason that it is named in the armor of God as the sword of the spirit because it can literally cut apart all of the lies of the enemy. So for each of these attacks that the enemy 
will put on us that we might find ourselves in. I have a scripture and this is a great time to maybe get out a notebook and some paper or uh, a sticky note that you can maybe put on your desk or on your computer because I want you guys to think about these scriptures every single day or even in seasons where you just feel like, you know what, I can tell I'm being attacked in my passion or I can tell the enemy is trying to come between this friendship or man, I am so much more fearful than I ever was. Like I need to get help with this. The first scripture is for your passion and it comes out of Philippians 2.13. It says, for it is God who is at work within you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, I love the fact that it puts the onus back on God, right? Like it doesn't mean that we just kind of go about our lives like God going to do what he going to do. Because I hear people say that sometimes and Yes, he is going to do what he's going to do, but we're not supposed, we should not say that as a cop out. Like, well, it doesn't matter if I'm not in alignment with God. He's still going, he's still going to have his way. God going to have his way. And like, that's fine. Yes, he is going to have his way. But I've realized God is a God of partnership. And though he does not need us to accomplish the work that he wants to do in the kingdom of God, he does extend us the invitation to be a part of it. And I do not want to get to heaven and God be like, so I just told you all the stuff that you could do. And you was like, no, I'm good, Lord. Thank you though for the invite. But like, no, I won't be able to make it. No, I don't want that. I really want to be able to walk alongside God and the things that he's doing in my life and the people around me. And when he tells me to do something, even if I do fear, feel for, fearful, I want to do it anyway. And so again, Philippians 2.13, it's a great one. When you're not feeling passionate, remember that God is the one who's at work within you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And something that I've seen is that when I pray, just like I pray over my co-founder and my relationship, when I pray at the beginning of my day, at the beginning of a project, at the beginning of a month, like the motivation is completely different than it was previously. If I'm relying on my own strength to do all the things that I feel like God has called me to do, honey, I'm taking naps regularly. I'm going to be laying in the bed. I'm going to be so overwhelmed by the to-do list that I'm not going to attempt anything. But if I'm saying through prayer, okay, God, you know what you have for me today and I need your help executing it in excellence, then I do not have to feel like everything is on me and I can have confidence in knowing that God's going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So the second scripture for fear is 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And I know many of us have heard this many times. It says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, another scripture that I really love says God will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on thee because they trust in thee. It is really important to keep our minds focused on God. I know that that is a hard concept, especially in this season of life we're in, where there's so many other things that are vying for our attention. And I can't lie, I don't know if any of you guys think like this, but sometimes I'm like, man, God, it was easier to follow you back in the day. Like they didn't have TVs, they didn't have computers. And I'm talking about back in the day, like biblical times. I'm like, well, yeah, sure. People were at the temple for eight hours because what was they going to do when they went home? like work on their farm, go pull some wheat. So it was like, ah, we can do that later. Let's just go to the temple and see what Jesus is saying. And so sometimes I find myself being like, oh, that was easier. But 
God has appointed us for this time. He had us be born in this generation because he felt like we could handle what would come along with it and that we would not only handle it well, but we would be able to take the media and transform it to a tool that can be used to tell other people about him. And so it's really important as far as fear is concerned to remember that we can keep our minds on God, even if we're like, oh, well, there's my favorite show is coming on or, you know, I got to post this post on social media. Matthew 633 is really helpful for that as well. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Notice it says seek first. There's not a, there are seasons where God will say, no, you don't actually need to be on social media at all because you've abused it. Or, you know, you're focusing way too much on these extracurricular activities that you are doing with your children and you're not actually spending quality time with them. You're just taking them from place to place. Like he will put you in check when you need it. But what I have seen is that, it's literally seeking him first. That's the, he says first, not seeking him only, right? Like, I think that sometimes we we don't even want to open our Bibles because we're like, well, if I open it up, then God's just going to want me to be sitting there all day with my Bible and like, I can't really be doing all that. I just feel like God is there in that reach, in that reach towards him and that's in that showing of, hey, God, I have a desire to commune with you. And I know that you're going to help me to do the things that you've called me to do. And I know that fear may pop up some at some point during this day, but I'm praying that you will lead and guide me. And then you will give me everything that I need to accomplish the work for your glory. And then the last scripture uh, for friendships, when uh, the enemy attacks our friendships, and so far we've talked about the scripture for passion, we've talked about the scripture to overcome fear. And the scripture for friendships is one of my favorites comes out of Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 through 10. And it says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And that's the New Living Translation. What's interesting to me is that this scripture is often used in the con- like around the context of marriage. But if you read the full chapter of Ecclesiastes 4, it's actually talking in part about business dealings. Like it's talking about being able to get back rewards for your efforts where you put in the work for a particular thing and then you get the work back. And it was saying how, you know, when you work with someone else, the work is multiplied. And I know and this is something that I really struggle with. And I I truly believe that's one of the reasons why God gave me a co-founder for my nonprofit. He understands that I am someone who just wants to make decisions and I want to run ahead and I don't want to have to check with anybody. I don't want to have to have a board meeting about it. I just want to think about it and I want to move on it. And I have seen the favor that he has placed on Unity Queens, even in comparison to Black Girls of Purpose, which obviously I still have a heart for Black Girls of Purpose. And clearly he still has work he wants me to do within this company, media industry, however he decides he's going to qualify it eventually. But I know that he was intentional in putting me with a partner for Union Queens. And like I said, I see the favor that has rested on that because we've been able to do so much with so, like so little to me where my co-founders connections have helped get us in places, us working together has helped us to be able to do a lot of things. We're able to bounce off resources to one another and I don't have to handle and manage all of the things. And so, yes, while conceptually, sometimes it can be like, oh, 
I just need to do this, you know, like I just need to get out here and make these moves, whatever. I'm I've come to see there's such a blessing in partnering with other people. And it comes it's the same thing when you're married. Like Paul talked about it was he wished that everybody could be like him and just be single because he understood that he could just kind of go to and fro as he pleased. And if Paul had a wife, child, she'd have been like, "Where are you? Who? Where are you going? Why are you going to Ephesus? Didn't you do that already? Like, why? What? Now, oh, you now you got to go to the Church of Colossae again. Listen, can you just let them handle their own things? Why you got to be all up in their business? Like he was already knowing what was going to be attached to that. But I believe personally that God will use that kind of pause that friendships and marriages require where you can't just do whatever you want to do because other people are involved with it to produce his kingdom purposes. And so I would love for you guys to um, share with me via Instagram at be Lightfoot Smith. That's the letter B light, like Jesus is the light of the world foot Smith, S-M-I-T-H. Um, what your takeaways were from this episode? Where where does the enemy seem to attack you the most? Is it your passion? Is it does he amplify your fears all the time, or are you finding yourself constantly looking for good friendships? Are you finding yourself constantly isolated? Because that's something that I want you to pray into and really ask God to reveal to you, and then see like God, how can we work on this? Because I do not want to miss the blessings that you have for me because. I've allowed the enemy to just whoop up on me and I decided I wasn't going to do anything about it. So that is all for today's episodes, friends. I hope you enjoyed it. I literally am smiling as I'm recording this because it is such a blessing and I don't know how long, how many weeks or months are going to go by and I'm going to keep saying that, but I am super grateful to be back in y'all's earbuds, hanging out with you while you're making your food for the week or while you're driving your car. Um, I pray God's blessings on you. I pray that you would understand that he is for you, that he's not against you, that he knows the thoughts that he has towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, thoughts to give you a hope and a future. I just am so thankful for you, grateful that you guys allowed me to take up space in your life. And um, I am looking forward to talking to you on the next episode. Bye.